This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, folks. It is bright and early, and I am feeling it at the moment, but we're going to get right into it. It's week six in the NFL. Early kickoff because we've got uh, the London games continuing with Miami playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville, three and a half point favorites. Uh, this is not on the main slate. Uh, I'm not really playing the showdown because, frankly, I don't trust either one of these teams. Uh, Tua Tiger Viola, the Dolphins starting quarterback, is back under center. Uh, there's talk that Tua was rushed back, but Jacoby Brissett's injured. So it's not as though the Dolphins had a ton of options instead, but uh, it's kind of a mess of a situation to be perfectly honest and the Jags I mean we've talked about what's going on uh with uh Urban Meyer and just that whole situation it's just not a good it's just not a good uh look at overall with what's going on in Jacksonville but uh honestly because of what I've seen from the issues with the quarterback position at the Dolphins. I can't take the Dolphins as favorites by three and a half points. I'm just going to take the Jags plus three and a half. Uh, I wouldn't bet this game, but uh, for a pick pool, I would just take the Jags. And realistically, from fantasy options, James Robinson. Uh, but for showdown, I, like I said, I'm just fading it. I, I, I just, none of these pieces really make a whole... A lot of sense. It's just a whole mixed bag at the moment uh, because Trevor Lawrence is struggling. You don't really know what you're going to get out of Tua. Brissett's banged up. I mean, I just don't trust the passing games for either squad. So just going to skip showdown entirely. Let's uh, get into the main slate. Cincinnati traveling to Detroit. Cincinnati three and a half point favorites. The Bengals should win this and win this handily. The only question is, whom do you want to play on Cincinnati? Because Joe Mixon, you would think, would be in play here as uh, the favorite if they get up a couple of scores. But Joe Mixon's been banged up. Joe Burrow got banged up last week scrambling uh, with a throat contusion. It's just, it's not that I have any issues with the Bengals winning. The problem is, from a fantasy perspective, you know, you can play Mixon, obviously. and You're going to play Jamar Chase. and. Uh, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. The problem is, from a DFS perspective, I don't really know who's going to get fed here. I know the Bengals should put up somewhere around 27 to 30 points, but I just don't know where the production is going to come from. And to play Burrow, to me, just seems a bit too risky, in my opinion, 
even though he's going to be in the 6K range at QB, I just, I don't really feel it. And the wide receivers, yes, they're coming at a bit of a discount, but we have other options at wide receiver as well. So I'm I'm not really feeling uh, the, the fantasy pieces, to, uh, to be honest, in this game. And in Detroit, uh, it's just a hard pass. It's just, I, I, Jared Goff is terrible. I don't really trust DeAndre Swift for that team to stay in the game. So I really have a problem playing him. Yeah, it, it, I'm just, I would just X out the lines entirely, in my opinion. Uh, not even Hawkinson, just not, not really, not really enamored with this game whatsoever. Well, moving on, we got the Bears. Uh, I believe the yeah the Bears are home uh, hosting the Packers. Uh, Packers are four and a half point favorites on the road, and I mean here's the deal: Aaron Rodgers just owns the Bears. It, it's it's been a running theme. He owns the Bears. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He owns the Bears. So, I'm taking Green Bay. I'm not even thinking about it. The thing of it is, is that the Bears defense will play him tough. I'm not interested in any fantasy pieces in this game. Obviously, you would play Devontae and Aaron Rodgers in regular fantasy. I'm not saying bench them, but uh, I just don't see upside from the Packers scoring more than three touchdowns in this game. So, I'm just off this game because their pricing is just going to be too much from a DFS perspective. Bear side, Justin Fields, you know, rookie blues. Uh, Matt Nagy has no clue what he's doing. Uh, just moving on from this one, not not even going to think about it. But yeah, it, Packers easily covered the four and a half. Next up, we got Indy. Ten and a half point favorites against the Texans. Indy's at home. I'm taking Indy. The Texans are already planning for their uh, top draft pick. I know that the players are playing hard, but man, this organization seems to be can uh, just uh, looking to find ways of having them fail by continuing to start Davis Mills at QB. However, we still have to talk about fantasy options, and Jonathan Taylor, to me, is the number one play from this game. Uh, obviously, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. He should be able to wear down... Uh, the defensive line for the Texans, uh, if they just uh, uh, bludgeon, bludgeon him, uh, to be perfectly honest, I think that this is a clear spot for Taylor. Uh, 6,700 uh, should smash in this spot. Uh, probably around, tw- I think he gets 18, 18 to 20 points uh, uh, pretty much as a floor. He'd probably go higher uh, depending on uh if he gets a, a work in the passing game as well, but uh, uh, definitely would want to play him. Not necessarily on the passing options. T.Y. Hilton is back for the Colts, so don't know how that's going to shake things up, if uh, Pittman's going to get much run. Uh, Pascal, definitely not interested in him with uh, uh, that uh, uh, back in play, so it's just uh, a pass on the, the indie passing game. So in reality, I, I think, uh, you know, you have Taylor, they get up to a big lead. The run back script with Houston would be Brandon Cooks. He should be getting underneath route. So I do like Cooks uh, for his price uh, range at 6400 
on DraftKings. Uh, doesn't make as much sense on FanDuel because you don't get the full point PPR. But uh, that's pretty much it for this game. Uh, not not interested in it at all. Otherwise, uh, for DFS purposes, uh, let's get moving on to uh, the Chiefs uh, going into Washington. Uh, Chiefs six and a half point favorites. I don't know. Call me crazy here. I actually think that, you know, Washington has a chance here to uh, cover the spread. The Chiefs defense has been atrocious. I know Washington's defense has not been up to snuff either, but I think if Heineke can actually move, uh, move around in the pocket, and get time for McLaurin to find space uh, in that chief secondary, I think Washington should be able to move the ball. Ricky Seals-Jones had a solid game last week, uh, filling in for Logan Thomas. I think Washington has enough in terms of uh, their offensive weapons. uh, You know, it looks like Antonio Gibson's going to be good to go. uh, And obviously they can also throw to J.D. McKissick out of the backfield as well, in addition to Gibson. I think Washington has the tools to actually put up points against Kansas City. They're not going to be able to stop the Chiefs, but I I do think that they'll be able to put up points. So, yeah, I I think this is kind of one of those uh, 30 to 24 type games or 30 27. I I think it could be one of those uh, games where it's not quite uh, back and forth. It's that. You know, you can get the backdoor cover out of uh, Washington. I, I, you know, again, the Chiefs defense is shaky enough that I think it's viable that you can you can get uh, a, a positive result here. Now, from a DFS perspective, uh, you know, I already talked up the pieces. Uh, Terry McLaurin on Washington. You can play uh, both QBs and obviously Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. Uh, Taylor Heineke for Washington. And, uh, you know, with the Chiefs, obviously, you're talking about Travis Kelsey at tight end and Tyreek Hill in the wide receiver spot. You're going to have to pay up for the Chiefs. So you're going to need to have a cheap uh, piece. And Ricky Seals-Jones is 3K on DraftKings. Uh, you know, it's going to be chalk, but I, I get it. I'm probably going to try to pivot off that chalk. And, uh, you know, they have uh, DeAndre Carter there who got some run last week. I, I may actually go with him as a pivot. Uh, it'd be risky because, you know, I'd be risking a zero potentially if uh, they change up the script entirely and not feature Carter. Um, but uh, I think Ricky Seals-Jones is going to be highly owned. And I kind of have my eyes on uh, uh, Mark Andrews uh, in the Baltimore game. But uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But, um, yeah, in terms of uh, the offense pieces, I, I think you've got plenty of uh, – Weapons, I'm just not going to be going towards the third and fourth uh, receiving options for the Chiefs. So I'm not really banking on playing Josh Gordon or Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Nicole Hardman is about the last line I draw. I could, I could play Hardman at uh, 4200 because of the price tag, but that's about it. I'm not going any further down in the Chiefs' uh, depth charts uh, for pass-catching options just because they've got so many mouths to feed at this point. I need to have something uh, viable uh, to make it work. So uh, from a snap count standpoint is where I'm kind of getting at. So 
uh, that's where I'm going to be leaning towards in this one. Um, next up, uh, Chargers traveling to Baltimore. Baltimore, three and a half point favorites. Here's the deal. I could see this game going a couple of different ways. I know everyone's expecting a shootout. And I'm banking on a shootout because I'm playing Lamar Jackson and I'm playing Mark Andrews and maybe play some Hollywood Brown as well. But, uh, you know, and the run back would be Keenan Allen. Uh, so I do think the Chargers can win this game outright. But, it, you know, we've seen Baltimore be able to put up points in bunches. And we saw Monday night, they struggled, struggled throughout the game against the Colts. And then all of a sudden they turned it on. So if Baltimore gets into that uh, zone where they're clicking, I I think their run game can give the chargers a ton of trouble. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, if the chargers get down, I think it becomes a huge Keaton Allen type spot as opposed to Mike Williams or Austin Eckler. So to me, I think it's Allen is the play here. I just don't have any interest in uh, Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. I'll have some pieces in stacks uh, uh, just because uh, I'll be looking to correlate, but I'm not going to go crazy trying to fit in Chargers pieces. I would rather play, rather play the Ravens to be honest. But, uh, I do know that the Chargers, you know, every single week I say it is like, you can play the Chargers. I'm not going to uh, talk you out of it because the Chargers are that talented offensively. So, uh, but I'm not necessarily going de- further down. This again, this is one of those games where um, uh, they've got so many weapons. I don't think you need to go crazy in terms of. Uh, in terms of uh, the uh, uh, selections here from a DFS perspective. Next up, my lowly New York Giants hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, 10.5 point favorites. Listen, I've been very clear with this to everyone who's asked me about it. I don't see how the Giants stay close in this one unless it's the classic uh, West Coast team playing a 1 o'clock game and they get off to a slow start. But even then, the Giants are overwhelmed on the offensive and defensive lines by this Rams team. They are flat out better on both sides of the ball. And I don't see how, with all the injuries the Giants have had, Daniel Jones should not be starting this game. Daniel Jones got slept worse last week with that concussion than some UFC fighters. You saw how badly Daniel Jones was uh, like stumbling around because he got knocked senseless. In that game, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get how the Giants uh, can be so irresponsible to play Daniel Jones in this spot. It doesn't make any sense to me how they're going to go about it. Because at the end of the day, whether or not Daniel Jones plays in this game has no bearing on whether or not they're going to win it. And Joe Judge can say whatever he wants. This team is not in the same category as the Rams right now. Even if they were healthy, I'd still say the Rams would probably be a touchdown favorite right now. Based on the way the Giants have played this year. I think the Rams cover this game easily. I think it's a blowout. 
I want nothing to do with the Giants in this game uh, from a fantasy or DFS perspective. I'm not sure whom on the Rams gets the work because I think this is such a mismatch. The Rams could go to, uh, they they could go to uh, Cooper Cup. It could be that they finally feed Robert Woods. Uh, Darrell Henderson is going to get uh, carries. Uh, Sony Michelle should get carries because I think this ends up being a blah. Uh, the thing of it is, is that there are so many ways for the Rams when this gets into a blowout situation that they're going to be having different folks in the game that I'm not entirely sure I'm going to be that heavily on this game outside of maybe playing Darrell Henderson and playing the Rams defense because, and the thing is the Rams defense is so expensive. It's 4,700 on DraftKings. It's really hard to make it work uh, in my opinion, because I think it just limits you in terms of your build construction. So, I just don't see myself having a ton of exposure uh, in that regard. So it's going to be tough. Uh, But yeah, from a a DFS perspective, uh, not as enamored with this game because I don't see the Giants remotely keeping this competitive. And I think the Rams are going to try to get uh, move the ball around to different folks to Make sure everyone is nice and happy and uh, they they get the rounded out. Because when we started the year, it was all about Cooper Cup and Robert Woods wasn't getting fed. But I, I definitely think Robert Woods uh, uh, sees the end zone here. Uh, I would say if you want to do a touchdown prop, uh, Robert Woods uh, definitely makes sense here in this spot against the Giants just to get him going. He did have a decent game last week, but still uh, way off from what most people would have expected from Woods. I think they just smashed the Giants here. I don't think it's even remotely close. Uh, next up, uh, Minnesota traveling to Carolina. Carolina, a point and a half favorites. I think this line's wrong. I think Minnesota should be favored. Uh, Carolina got off to a nice start, but the Vikings have the better offense. Uh, Dalvin Cook is back. Uh, when they made the line, I don't think people knew who uh, Dalvin Cook was going to be back. Uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, is not going to be active for Carolina. So, again, uh, this line is moving towards the Vikings uh, with no uh, McCaffrey. I think it makes a big difference. I think if Cook's healthy and he's running the ball, uh, it sets up the play action for Kirk Cousins. And not to say Madison did a bad job. Madison uh, uh, was an excellent play last week uh, and and got it done. So even if uh, Cook isn't 100% healthy, Madison could still set up a number of things, but I just think it just makes it, uh, you know, it cooks just a different level. So if he's healthy and good enough to go, I think it makes a huge difference in terms of uh, how that uh, how that team looks and, and operates, well, especially off the play action. So uh, my, you know, my whole thing is as long as... Uh, you know, Cook's good to go. I think it sets up well for Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to have big days uh, receiving-wise because of the play-action game. Yeah, and for the Carolina side, basically it would be DJ Moore and Chubba Hubbard. That's about it, but not really interested in this uh, game from their perspective. So if anything, I'd probably just take a piece from the Minnesota side, whether it be uh, Thielen or Jefferson. And that's about it. I, I I could play some cook as well, but uh, 
I, I think there are other options, especially with uh, Chicago playing Khalil Herbert uh, due to uh, Damian Williams uh, being on the COVID-19 list. Uh, I just think there are so many cheap options. Uh, Darrell uh, Williams for the Chiefs uh, that you don't even need to go to cook this week. So, yeah, I think I'm probably going to be way underweight on this game uh, from an exposure standpoint. Next up, we've got uh, Cleveland and Arizona. Again, this is one of those games where I think folks just don't respect Cleveland. I mean, uh, the Browns are only two and a half point favorites at home. Uh, Arizona's good, but I, I know Nick Chubb's out because of the COVID-19 uh, uh, protocols. But Kareem Hunt is a very good running back. The The Browns have a very good offensive line. I know Baker is struggling in the past game and he hurt his shoulder, but I think Cleveland should be able to run on this Arizona front. And as long as they're able to run, they can control the clock and keep uh, the possessions down for Colin Murray. So my whole take on this game is if you think Arizona's going to win, then you can play Kyler and his stacks with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. If you think like more like me and it's going to be a Kareem Hunt game, I think you play Kareem Hunt and you leave it at that. Uh, you can, you know, I don't even like playing. I mean, I may end up playing some Cleveland defense just because uh, that would correlate with a strong running game. But honestly, I'm just not going to be that high owned on this afternoon on these afternoon games. It, and it might just burn me, uh, to be honest, if it if we get a shootout in the afternoon as opposed to uh, the early games. But we only got three games, and I don't like any of them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that basically does it for Arizona and Cleveland. Um, but I'm definitely taking Cleveland to cover the two and a half. Uh, New England hosting Dallas. Uh, uh, Dallas uh, are road favorites at four and a half points. Listen, I'm not big on Mac Jones. I've been pretty clear on that. As much as the Cowboys stub their toes in games like these over the last decade or so, I think they're just flat out better than New England. So as much as the Cowboys like to give away games, I have a hard time believing that the Pats uh, keep this close enough that it's just a field goal game. I just think Dallas is better. They can wear out the Pats defense with uh, their ground game. If they especially if they give uh, Tony Pollard to the Rock in addition to Zeke, I think they can just grind them down and just take over in the second half. I just like Dallas to cover this game. Uh, not much else to say about that. I, you can play the Dallas passing game, but like I said, I don't expect this game to shoot out. Uh, if it burns me, it burns me. So I'm going to be way lower owned on this game. Uh, obviously, you can play C.D. Lamb. You can play Amari Cooper. You can play Zeke. You can play Tony. I would say even Tony Pollard because he gets work in the passing game. Tony Pollard uh, can be considered uh, to differentiate yourself. I don't think you have to in mass MME uh, to go there just because we have so many cheap options this week. But, uh, you know, even if you play the tight ends with Dalton Schultz, uh, certainly viable. Um, I'm just not going to the New England side. I, I know everyone has been talking about Jacoby Myers at 5,500. Uh, he's gotten a lot of buzz uh, this week. I'm not going there. Uh, 
unless it's the afternoon slate. I think for the main slate, I'm staying off of uh, New England entirely. Just not interested in this game. Uh, same goes for this last game I'm going to talk about for the main slate. Uh, Vegas hosting the Broncos. Broncos three and a half point favorites. Listen, John Gruden screwed up majorly. But with that being said, the Broncos are not good. So the Broncos being three and a half point favorites at home. Okay. Uh, like, uh, this is the game that should be two and a half, not the uh, uh, Cleveland game. I just don't think the Broncos are that good. They got their three wins off of the worst teams in the league. And by the worst teams in the league, they, they played the Giants and the Jets, along with the Falcons. Uh, I just don't understand. Oh, wait, did they play the Falcons? Or was it the Jags? I can't remember. It's like, it was just, or was it the Texans? It, like, they played three of the worst teams in the league. Regardless, I just, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Um, how they're going to win this game. I, I would take Vegas outright. I I think this is an easy game uh, to bet on. I, I just think this is a lock that the, the uh, Vegas wins this one outright. I think they're just a better team overall. I know there's dysfunction because of uh, the Gruden situation. Don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, they're going to be prepared with their positional coaches. The head coach got fired, but the positional coaches are still intact. I think uh, the talent wins out and that you see the uh, Vegas just take care of business against the Broncos on the road. So in terms of fancy pieces, I mean, you can consider Darren Waller. I'm not playing this game, uh, just being straight up. Uh, you can consider Darren Waller on the Broncos side. You can look at a Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton. But again, I don't see enough points out of here to justify playing this game over some of the games in the earlier window. You, you know, you got to make your own decisions. I just, for me personally, I just don't see it uh, going in that direction. So I'm going to take a pass on this one and, you know, go from there. But um, yeah, that, that kind of sums it up for the main slate. Uh, Sunday Night Football tonight. Uh, is a little bit of a downer because uh, obviously injuries uh, impacted the NFL. So Russell Wilson uh, is uh, out for the Seahawks for the next uh, couple of weeks, probably uh, at least a month, a month and a half, um, realistically. Um, but we'll see uh, how his finger uh, progresses. But uh, yeah, the Steelers are four and a half point favorites over the Seahawks. Uh, who are now going to be quarterbacked by Geno Smith. Here's my thing, and I keep saying this. Big Ben struggles throwing deep passes. Seattle has been gashed by deep passing routes, so I think by Ben's inability to throw the deep ball, uh, you're going to get a lot of short intermediate pass routes uh, for the Steelers. So it actually keeps it in play for Seattle uh, just because I think Seattle should still be able to move the ball. They'll run it a ton. They'll throw underneath routes uh, uh, to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. But, you know, obviously Gino is not going to be Russell Wilson. Uh, the whole thing of it is, is that, you know, Seattle wasn't letting Russ do that much anyway with the offense this year. They were very conservative. So, from my perspective, you know, 
it may force Seattle to actually open things up a bit more just because they know they're going to have to get more creative in terms of their play calling uh, to hang around in this one. So I think this one's going to be relatively low scoring. I think this is more like a 17-14 type of game. You know, maybe uh, the Steelers uh, pull it out and, you know, and they win a 20-17 to game. But I just think this is going to be way lower scoring than people have set the line for. And that's why I just can't see myself taking the Steelers here. Uh, I think Seattle finds uh, a way to keep it close. I don't think the Steelers cover at all. I, uh, I'll take Seattle in the points here at four and a half. Um, but for showdown slates, I think folks are really going to try to uh, jam Steelers in. And I think the build really should be on Seattle side with underneath passing routes. Uh, you can fade both quarterbacks, in my opinion. I think you can play Najee Harris and you can have your choice between uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Chase Clape. Uh, DK Metcalf on Seattle side, Tyler Lockett uh, for the Seahawks, and then uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson for the Steelers uh, because I think Najee Harris is going to get the bulk of the volume for the Steelers in the run game, and he's going to catch passes. So I think you can, uh, depending on how you want to set things up, I think you can uh, play uh, one of the other players in the captain and still keep Najee in your lineup, but hope that one of those other guys gets in the end zone before Najee, or because I just don't think there's going to be a ton of touchdowns here uh, that Najee doesn't get into the end zone and play one of the other guys in the captain spot and try to be different that way. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just going to come down to who gets enough dump off passes uh, to see who's going to be in the winning uh, lineup uh, tonight. So, uh, that's the way I kind of look at it uh, uh, for Sunday Night Football. Monday Night Football, we got Titans and Bills. Listen, Derrick Henry's going to run the ball. He's going to run it often. But the Bills' defense is pretty stout. I think Tennessee's going to struggle a bit this uh, this one. And you can throw on the Titans. So the Bills love chucking the ball. I just see... The Bills covering that five and a half point spread, even though they're on the road, just because I think Seattle's uh, uh, pass defense is, I mean, uh, uh, Tennessee's uh, secondary is just that vulnerable. You can you can find spaces to take advantage of them on and just kind of go from there. I just, I just think over the course of the game, the Bills are going to have enough chunk yardage, big plays down the field that it's going to work out in their favor uh, in in terms of uh, this matchup. I, I just think it's a bad matchup for Tennessee. I think the Bills win this one outright, and they cover the five-and-a-half uh, points. So uh, that's the way I'm going to lean. And, you know, I'm not sure if I'll even do a showdown episode uh, for that one either, but uh, I think you still want to play Derrick Henry. but. Uh, Actually, they haven't even put out pricing yet for uh, Monday Night Football, so I can't even do showdown uh, thoughts on that one. But I would be curious to see how they price uh, uh, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, because I think whoever's cheaper, that's who probably goes in the captain. But uh, I got to see the pricing first to see if it even makes sense. Uh, it's just too early to tell. So anyway, uh, that's all I got for 
the slate breakdown. Uh, we're going to have kickoff uh, pretty soon with uh, uh, Miami and Jacksonville. So let's get on out of here and good luck to everyone. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the fantasy throwdown podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.